Welcome back to the One Week Podcast, everyone. My name is Jonas. I'm Matthew. And today we are talking about the brand new Japanese breakfast album, Jubilee. Highly anticipated record. Uh, I, I'll go right ahead and say I think it delivered. I know I talked about this record uh, briefly. Straight into it. Straight yeah. into it. <laughs> As opposed to what? I was going to be like, well, some of their previous releases are some of like, my favorite albums ever. Like Soft Sounds from Another Planet 2017. I think that's a stellar record. Yeah, it's a really good record. We Okay, we can, we can backtrack. <laughs> I, was, I went a little... You're excited, <laughs> I can tell. You're I very excited. Um, yeah, um, I found Japanese Breakfast through Soft Sounds from Another Planet. Um, and I believe did did no I didn't put you on a Japanese no breakfast. you found I was, separate yeah I found um the music video for boyish mm-hmm. and then I watched the Roadhead music video and then um, on our yearly trek to Indiana I listened to the album in the car and our I meaning to it. Matthew's family my family not him and me. I don't go to Indiana with Jonas not yet. Um, and I listened to it once and then I listened to it about three more times and I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, and it has some of my like favorite indie rock songs like ever made on that record. Body is a Blade. Body is a Blade. Diving Woman is phenomenal. Um, and I think that Boyish is also a very good track. We're talking about the wrong album though. Well, you wanted to have some sex. Well, I just so I think context is important when you talk about context. music. Yeah. Also, Psychopomp is a good record. Psychopomp, very good. I which came before uh, Soft Sounds. Uh, but uh, moving on, she wasn't super big. No. Um, up until th- this whole press run for this. Yeah, and holy cow, what she, a press she run kinda she kind of blew had. up. Michelle Zahner, Japanese breakfast. She's kind of. Blowing up. She's uh, having a. F- I w- I would be so bold as to claim she's having a Phoebe Bridgers level year, or at least is on her way to. I mean, it. yeah, Phoebe Bridgers kind of blew up, and then the Grammys happened, so it's it's easier for us to be like, yeah, she blew up. So I guess we have to wait for the Grammys. Yeah, but I I still think that um, Japanese Breakfast and Michelle's on it. She's on that track, even if she doesn't get the Grammy nomination, which I think she she could. She might pull that um, off. But, like, she she wrote the memoir, Crying in H Mart. Yeah. Which became, like, a New York Times bestseller mm-hmm. and lost only to, like, the George Bush autobiography, <laughs> which, like, yeah, okay. More people know George Bush, I guess. Yeah. Um, but she was literally, like, second place. Uh, and they just inked a deal to turn it into a movie, which I don't know how that's going to work, but it's happening. Yeah. Um, and she's been on a bunch of like late night shows yep. recently, and yeah, this album, you know, made a splash. Yeah, it, I, like she's having a huge year. I think definitely the biggest year of any artist of her like lane. Yeah, um, probably definitely of her career. Um, and then yeah, probably in that whole like JSOM other indie rock outfits that um, i can't think of you know, right now soccer mommy soccer mommy yeah uh, there's yeah. A, there's a lot of indie rock bands there's plenty and, but none of them are having as big of a year as japanese breakfast um and i i think i think that it's completely deserved because this album is 
it's a good album. Yeah. First off, yeah, it's, it's a good. really good album, and second off, it's it shows just like immense artistic growth. I think mm-hmm. for um, Jay Brecky's career, um, the the idea of this record was moving on from the the sad kind of um, mourning sounds of the previous two records and this one is supposed to be happy as indicated by the title of the record um and it it definitely feels that way to me yeah i think um sonically it's a lot more upbeat Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say that the lyrics are that much more uppity there's a there's still plenty of plenty of melancholy going on sure but i think a lot of it is more like reflective and like understanding her place now instead of being like like reflecting on like stuff that happened way in her past i think it's more like her being in the present that's what i think of when i like hear songs like posing in bondage mm-hmm. or paprika it's more of her reflecting on the present instead of kind of wallowing in the past or like wishing that she was in another planet like she does on the soft sounds from another planet um so i think it's happier in that regard but there's still plenty of like like in hell i think is a super sad track i think that posing in bondage is still like a low-key kind of melancholy track and be sweet even be sweet which has that that funky bass line and those yeah, those, that those so snapping synths stupidly catchy yeah no i think it's definitely i think it would be the biggest hit of the record at least the one that might get radio play yeah it was also the leading single so that makes sense. that's true um but i think that it's not too much of a departure from what she's done before um, in terms of like lyrical content, I think she has upped her pen game though. In terms of like poetry, yeah, that's definitely I would something. Agree. Um, just from the opening track, Paprika, where she talks about like being a part of like tones and sounds, magic. Um, just and, and it's about her as like an artist, um, what it's like to be an artist at her level. Um, and it's an interesting, interesting take, and it's very poetic. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about um, slide tackle. Okay. I think slide tackle is a really good track. Yeah. Um, it just, it I don't know. It feels like it's firing on all all cylinders, um, both like lyrically and instrumentally, and like just the the energy that she brings to this track i i think that uh slide tackles stupid good it is silly good yeah i i think it's also very good um i want to talk about kokomo indiana as you know i gotta rep the hometown well i'm not from (laughs) kokomo but i'm from indiana um kokomo is more in south indiana i'm from the north part uh closer to michigan but i do think it's interesting um I have struggled a little bit to figure out why specifically Kokomo, Indiana. It might be a personal kind of thing to her because she talks about like waiting for someone. So she might like have been in a relationship or just like been really close with someone from Kokomo or she lived in Kokomo for some time. 
um, but it's about like staying and waiting for someone. Um, and it's it's name drops Indiana. So that's, I also think it's a good you song. Had to bring it up. I also think it's a very sweet song. Um, it's got a nice nice little guitar going on. Um, I, I I don't think she misses instrumentally, except for maybe sit. I think sit is a little bit messy. Like it it goes for like a shoegaze thing. Um, yeah. I hate that I have to use that word, but because um, um, and I read that when she talked about it and she was like, I imagined the verses being like hell and the chorus is being heaven, which is why the the verses are like super like buzzy and noisy and like full of sound, mm-hmm. and then the the choruses are like you know piano and like a lot more serene. Um, I I like the concept. But um, I think it's still a little messy in terms of execution. But other than that, I don't think this this record misses instrumentally. No. Not at all. Um, I think Posing in Bondage is a phenomenal song. Um, I think it's, it's super atmospheric. It's definitely unlike anything she's ever made up to this point. Yeah. Um, I think it's super compelling in how like it's completely left field for her. Um, and then that ending, that ending slaps the, when the when the drums come in. Yeah. Um, any um, other tracks you want to talk about? I wanted to kind of talk about Savage Good Boy and Be Sweet a little bit more. Okay. Both of these tracks, um, I really like them because it's like, oh, uh, she knows she's like hot shit, you know? She, <laughs> she's like, she's she knows she's a big deal. And I, I think that especially yeah. Savage Good Boy is... Playing into that a little bit, um, well, yeah, she's you know, taking with lines the piss like a little bit, yeah, like I want to make the money till there's no more to be made, like, but like, it's cool to me to see an artist who wasn't as big as she was, as she is now, just as recent as a few months ago, have the confidence to put like braggadocious lyrics like this in a song, and then it ends up kind of paying out big time because now like yeah she's a huge deal right now yeah and i i think that um i she's definitely taking the piss as i've said because she's like role-playing kind of like a super rich person that wants to like control yeah their partner or whatever um i think that's cool she doesn't do a lot of concepts tracks like that at least from what i've heard from her stuff so far so I think that this this album takes a lot more risks with the songwriting, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, and then I want to talk about Posing for Cars. I think that track... The closing track. That's the closing track. It is the most similar to her previous work, I think, overall, on the whole thing. And, you know, as much as I love this, I kind of do miss the old sound. Like, yeah. I, I'm not going to, like, be upset that she's, like evolving artistically but you know i'll always have a soft spot for the early like indie rock sound and i think that this track kind of fills that fills that hole in my body and i was really glad that she put it at the closing and it's the longest track so it takes its time Mm -hmm. and i I think it comes together at the end very well um i thought it was a strong closer uh and uh it had a guitar solo which yeah. is which is pretty epic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, man, I'm real quick. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna talk about uh, 
the thing I've been doing in June. Yeah. Um, I've been doing this. Uh, I mean, I'm sure anybody who's like spending the time to listen to the actual full podcast episode knows about this. We might as well. But I'll say it anyway. Might as well. I've been doing this uh, thing where I review, or not review, but do like initial impressions of a new record every day. And I did talk about Jubilee the day it came out, and I was big on it then, and I'm even bigger on it now because I've I've been able to listen to it a little bit more. But that series is it's it's not. I'm still enjoying doing it, but an obstacle that I've realized I've encountered from doing it is I have not been able to spend as much time with some of the records I was really really pumped for mm-hmm. as I wanted to including this one this one probably more than anything I'm, I wanted to spend more time with that bachelor record too um and I you know I'm sure I they're not they're not going anywhere they'll still be around when I'm done with this mm-hmm. um mini project but like every time I listened to this record I just thought oh man I just want to keep listening to this but I, I couldn't because yeah. I had so much other stuff I had to be doing, um, but like, man, yeah, I wanna, I, I just like when I actually sit down and get a chance, I just want to sit and soak this record in as much as I can. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, be as bold as you were <laughs> last week and say, you know, record of the year or anything, because I don't, <laughs> I don't know that I think that that's the case. But I, I think that this is definitely a strong contender for my top ten list already. Yeah, I think this album's really really good um you know plight of the music journal are we music journalists do we count is that we talk about music on a platform and it might count technically as journalism for people who haven't heard of the album i don't know i i don't know that we're in a position to make that call what i have realized in the 10 days that i've been doing this this uh video form project is it is exhaustive. Like I don't know how how more significantly more legitimate music journalists than we may or may not probably not <laughs> be. I don't know how they listen to so much music. I love music. Yeah. This is not a surprise to anybody, mm-hmm. but I there's so much and I, I just have to be okay with not taking in music all the time if I wanna be able to really I feel like appreciate specific things you know yeah i th- i thought about because sometimes for even for the podcast i'm like oh, i want to listen to these things but yeah. i gotta listen to this thing yeah. not not for this week i enjoyed this i wanted to listen to this but uh, i guess for example the justin bieber week i was like <laughs> well i gotta sit down and listen to this justin bieber i could be listening to anything else yeah uh but here i am listening to bieber um so I I do think that you know burnout is real. If you listen, you have to listen to a ton of music, and even though you want to listen to the really good music a lot, you can't because you yeah. gotta get to the other stuff. Um, and I think that's why a lot of music journalists kind of stick to a genre yeah. that they have to review. Like when I when I go on Pitchfork, I see a lot of like rap reviews by like one or two people. Um, and like rock reviews are like by the same person. I think that's what they do, that so that they don't sense. go insane. That they have to listen to like a hundred albums a week. So I think, I think this is a sustainable thing. I think you could f- figure it out. And I, you know, you got plenty of time. 
yeah, to I listen mean, to other stuff. I also have no pressure on me. I make my yeah. own decisions about this. It's and not you know. like my job. <laughs> no. It'd be cool if it was, but it is not. Yeah, I, I just, I listen to albums pretty late at night sometimes. I'll be like, well, it's 12 a.m. I guess I'll listen to this album now. That's, yeah, that's when I feel like I find my favorite stuff. Yeah, I found a lot of good stuff late at night. I found Shushu's A Promise, like, one in the morning. It, <laughs> like, I was in a piss-poor mood, and I was like, wow, I'm going to just try this. That album is unbelievable. <laughs> that's probably in my top ten of all time. That's bold. You, like, just listened to that. This year, but yeah. I've listened to that record dozens and dozens and dozens of times. I gotta sit then. down with it. I, one time I was listening to it as I was, like, falling asleep, and a funny, shoo scary part came on, and it, like, jolted me awake, and I was like, I gotta turn this off. I'm scared now. Yeah, turn the music <laughs> Jamie off. Jamie Stewart's gonna come into my room and be like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> I, I listen to Twin Fantasy super late at night, and you know I'm pretty big on yeah. that album right now. Yep. So, um... Yeah, good good music can still be found even when you have forced yourself to listen to a new thing every day. Yep. You can still revel in the really good stuff. Um, and I I enjoyed listening to this one this week. Yeah, no, I think of of the uh, 10, well, 11 technically, records that I've reviewed for my uh, video thing this has been my favorite probably mm-hmm. schlagenheim was really good though schlagenheim going is back good. to the black midi real quick but yeah no record. this what i what i thought when i first heard this record um was oh this is something i like and it i this has the sound of something that i will like with more with each listen and uh yeah every time i've listened to it i'm like oh wait no this is even better than i thought but that's just a theory what? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna finish that one. It's like at some point it will plateau. I'm sure, but it hasn't yet, which is a very good sign because I've it listened to this good. record like six or seven That's times. Good. But yeah, it's good. Um, closing thoughts. Yeah, I thought it was quite good. You know, I wasn't blown away or anything, but I I liked the change of pace. I didn't. I definitely didn't expect what I heard. Um, it was it was a lot different than what I kind of thought I was gonna get. Um, but I was definitely not disappointed. Um, I, th- I think it's a solid release in her career. So I think my overall grade is going to be a B plus. I really, really like this record. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, Japanese Breakfast deserves every ounce of praise she is getting for this. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I hope to see her only go up from here. Um Favorite track, probably Slide Tackle, but honestly, I don't even know what my favorite track is because I just like so many of them. Um, so I don't even know if I can I can claim one right no. now. Uh, then favorite track, uh, Savage Good Boy. Okay. I'll, I'll Savage that Good Boy there. is really good. Yeah, I think it's the strongest of the singles. Yeah. Just kind of like lyrically and yeah. instrumentally and all that. But uh, for my grade, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling an A for this one. Nice. I really like this one. Nice. Yeah. Alrighty, so for next week on the podcast, since there's not a major release that I want to listen to coming out this Culture week, 3 by Migos. I think I'm still going to listen to Culture 3. That comes out in four minutes from right now. <laughs> four minutes. I think I'm still going to listen to it, but I don't know if I'm going to have a lot to say about it. So we're going to go back to 2013 
and we're going to listen to a little band called Future of the Left, and the album is called How to Stop Your Brain in an Accident. Um, I've heard good things, so I'm, I guess I'm taking it as a recommendation. Um, that's what we're going to listen to next week, and we'll talk about it on the podcast as we do. All right. Sounds good. Um, see you guys next yeah, week. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.